0: On a scale of one to five sexist surgery machines... You are the Yoda
1: of abdominal
2: tumors.
3: I have a million points.
2: (laughs) Dead characters do not yield spin-offs.
3: This is Serious Business.
0: Greetings! Winter may be gone, but it's still coming, I guess. And this is Serious Business. I'm Jeff, your host for this week's episode, and I am back after a couple weeks' hiatus. I I missed this very much. I spent some time away, but now I have returned... Much like several characters in Game of Thrones, I guess. Maybe no, not really. They don't. They don't usually. Return. They don't come back. They either. don't come. Yeah. Back. Yeah.
3: No, Where coming. do they? Mm. Oh. Hmm.
0: <laughs> Interesting. All right. So uh, joining me today, we got Michelle. Michelle, how's it going?
3: It's going pretty well, Jeff.
0: Glad to hear it, Michelle. If you were a character in A Song of Ice and Fire or A Game of Thrones, how would you die?
3: Oh. <laughs> Oh that that's a, good, a really ball. good Really good question. Let's see, I would probably be crispinated by a dragon. Oh. In go. the fighting pits, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: In the fighting
0: pits? Like are yeah. you fighting a dragon or did you just lose? Sure. Alright. I do not I d I I don't I don't know if Daenerys would endorse dragon fighting pits, but Oh no, she doesn't. But... Right. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you're gonna go, you might as well go big. So yeah. I, I admire that. I admire that greatly. And uh, what, if anything, are you drinking this fine evening?
3: I wish I was drinking a nice Arbor Gold, but I am drinking uh, orange pineapple juice. Mm. very nice.
0: That does sound nice. Well, moving on, we got John. John, how's it going? Good, Jeff. Glad to Doing hear. Doing
3: well.
2: It.
0: Glad to hear it, John. If you were a character in a George R. R. Martin, Song of Ice and Fire universe, mm-hmm. how would you die?
2: <laughs> what's the what's the most the fastest most painless death in
1: probably uh ned stark just getting the beat beheaded. beheaded
2: yeah wasn't bad oh right, yeah let's go with that i mean yeah i mean, <laughs> although, I'm for just
0: although wasn't there that famous frenchman who got guillotined and then said he was gonna blink as many times as he could after it happened he blinked like 11 times over 45 seconds after his head had been cut off uh, didn't that happen is that a thing yeah also, Nothing. that
1: guy that Theon tried to be head, that took like a couple of swings. Yeah, that but he seems was like he was bad. very
0: hardy. He was a large man. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: know, you need like.
2: Uh, only, yeah, only what if hero. I didn't get you know, a nice one? Uh, uh, hmm.
3: That's it, you're stuck with it.
2: Ah, it's locked in. That was that was good, nearly
3: headless
1: okay. head. Just uh, again right. on of weight, John.
0: <laughs> now, John, would it, would it be preceded by a betrayal, or would you be beheaded at the hands of your open enemies?
1: Well, that's
2: what I was just thinking. It's uh, I wouldn't want to like have to falsely admit treason or, or be humiliated in front of an entire crowd of people like Ned Stark. So uh, I was gonna I was gonna change my answer to like just just a a, a, a good warrior, you know, like death on the battlefield, mm-hmm.
3: an honorable
2: yeah, an honorable battlefield soldier's death or something.
0: I can see it. I can see it happening. All right. Because um, I don't want to look like
2: a dick or anything before I get my head <laughs> that would just be...
0: I mean, I could, t- I could deal funny. with the decapitation, but I really, I, I want my reputation intact. Totally. Yeah. No, I think you I respect that. Uh, so, John, what, if anything, are you drinking this fine evening?
2: I'm drinking uh, Bacardi and Coke. I've mm. so been fine. on a, a little bit of a rum kick lately. I'm giving, um, taking a small hiatus from the whiskey just, just to switch things up.
0: It's good to go with a Quite classic tasty. classic combination like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and rounding out the panel, we got Rob. Rob, how's it going?
1: It's going so well, Jeff.
0: Glad to hear it, Rob.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Very glad to hear it, Rob. If you were a character in yeah. a Game of Thrones or A Song of Ice and Fire, how would you yeah
1: play? I'm gonna go with malnutrition.
0: Hmm. Right. I don't
1: see a lot of fruits and vegetables being passed around. Not a lot of vitamin C. not a lot of your your complex b vitamins yeah it's
0: it's wartime man wartime rations yeah
1: it seems to be like a lot of wine and a lot of like ribs and uh stews and stuff i don't know i'm very concerned about the food pyramid of westeros and i don't know if it would agree with me
0: Mm. well that would be (laughs) anticlimactic yeah (laughs) and rob was hungry and uh 40 pages later he died Hey, man, it's, a, he
1: it's a slow burn death.
0: Yeah, uh, we all see it coming, uh, unlike <laughs> many of the other deaths in that universe. Rob, what, if anything, are you nourishing yourself with now?
1: I got some Evan Williams whiskey mm-hmm. on the rocks. It's good.
0: It's a fine choice.
1: It's got no vitamins or minerals, but mm-hmm. it'll do.
0: Yeah, it'll make you forget how malnourished you are. It
1: will, yes. <laughs>
0: Cool. So let's see. How would I die? I'm gonna go with I would be pushed off a ledge or thrown out a window. Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> Good old defenestration.
1: I, I like think. that. It feels like it would happen via having a conversation with you that someone would just feel like they need to throw you out of window.
0: No, I would. I would beat the wrong person at chess. <laughs> I think that's what would happen. I would, uh, I would, I would be playing against like a Robert Baratheon type at chess, and I would beat him, and he'd get so mad he'd just be like, and he'd like pick mm-hmm. me up and throw me off the like, whatever, wherever we were playing. Although maybe that's giving me too much credit. I mean, I, I'm not that good at chess. And I am drinking a Lion and Kugel summer shandy.
3: Oh, I'm so jealous. In a can. Oh, those are, those are the best.
1: It's so good.
0: Yeah, I saw them. I saw them, and it made me very happy. All right, we are going to be talking about the new season, season four of HBO's Game of Thrones, based on George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire. As of this recording, two episodes have aired, and we are going to be spoilering the living daylights out of them. So please skip to part two, which will be probably in 15 or 20 minutes if you are worried about spoilers. So, let's see... How was Westeros doing at the end of season three? We had a situation at a wedding Mm
2: -hmm. that
0: didn't go so well for a lot of people that a lot of people really liked. And as a result, we're left with a lot of really shitty people in power, namely the Lannisters of Casterly Rock, some of whom I guess are redeemable and we like, but many of whom are just dicks. Mostly, these two episodes have been about how the reign of Joffrey Baratheon and his insane family has been going. <laughs> Along with a few side stories, a little bit of Bran up in the north, a little bit of Daenerys out in the east, and a couple new faces, a couple new faces that have been good. I think I'm just going to start by asking, uh, are people digging this season so far now that the Starks are effective? Well, now that, that Rob Stark and Caitlin Stark are gone, do you feel like the show is missing something, that it, it, it's got less energy, or are you somehow still into it?
1: By the time the Red Wedding happened, I was really frustrated with the Rob Stark and the the Cat Stark characters. So even though it was a shocking scene and I thought it was very dramatic and well done. I haven't necessarily missed those characters because I wasn't rallying behind them. So I was quite pleased with how this season opened, and you know, catching up with these little groupings of characters and and where they're going. So I, I didn't I didn't feel that even though we've lost most of the Starks to death and castration and and all other. Well, all sorts the, of... I mean,
0: Theon isn't really a Stark. No, he's yeah. a
1: ward,
3: but
1: no, but he's sort of. I think counts. Yeah, sure.
0: He's, he's from that Ilk. world. Yes.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's tragic what has happened to the Starks, and I feel that. And I would credit the show with making the Starks, and particularly Ned Stark, who gets almost a weekly mention even, though he's died like three seasons ago. Uh, <laughs> they, they keep those deaths relevant. So I haven't missed them, and they are appropriately creating ripples in the story. So just because they're not there doesn't mean that I haven't like lost interest in what they represented.
0: Mm-hmm. John, Michelle, have you guys been into season four so far?
1: Totally.
3: Yeah. I think the, <laughs> I,
2: I have more to say, but yeah, I
3: just, thank you. Thank you. I can go. I think that in the past, especially in the beginning and middle of the seasons, they've been a little bit slow and in The past two seasons, I think it's been like the last episode, or the episode right before the last one that is the really big episode. And the fact that we've got such a big episode happening at episode two, I think says a lot for the pacing of this season. Mm -hmm. And I think that the fact that they're willing to throw such a big event so quickly out there at us is really awesome and i love the characters uh, i love uh seeing oberin martel i think what they're doing with him is great so uh, i'm really excited for the season
0: yeah i think oberin martel is getting more screen time than he did page time mm-hmm. and i don't do you remember did, was he like
1: was is that there... the prince
0: uh, yeah, that's the... The that's new
1: it. prince guy? Yeah. Okay. Prince of Dorne.
0: Okay. Was, he, was there like a brothel scene involved in the books? I don't, I don't
3: think there even I, was. I don't think so. There's yeah. a lot of like little piece, you know, aside scenes that I've seen that are like awesome because I don't think that they were in the books, but totally makes sense with what would have been going on. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this episode in particular, the, the Lion and the Rose, George R. 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 Martin wrote and I think it was, I think it was fantastic. I thought it was really well done.
0: Yeah, I remember reading an interview where someone asked, like, what was the hardest scene ever that you had to write, and he said it was the Red Wedding, and someone asked, like, what was your favorite scene to write in A Storm of Swords, and he said when Joffrey, when that little shit finally died. <laughs> I think those were, like, his exact words, so it, it's it's not surprising to me that he would choose to write, because I think he does one episode a season,
2: that he would choose yeah. to write that one.
1: Wise choice.
0: Yeah. So, John, uh, elaborate on your your totally uh, remark from
2: earlier. (laughs) We got the Red Wedding appropriately at the the end of the season, the second to last episode. And now in this fourth season, we're given that major, much-anticipated death in just the second episode. And I've heard in interviews the writers and actors say that, like, Unlike past seasons, this season is really going to be like a fast pedal-to-the-metal pace the whole the whole way through. So, I mean, that makes me just super pumped to go through the rest of it.
0: Yeah, it kind of has to be because there's so much shit going on.
2: There's a lot of plates up in the air now.
0: Yeah, I feel Same. like um, this 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 was a problem that happened in the books right around now, and the TV series is going to struggle with it, I think, pretty mightily everything there's so much happening and so many people who are major characters that have been established like it's it's no surprise that george rr martin has been just trying to kill people left and right because he's like oh crap i haven't mentioned bran in like 900 pages you know what am i what am i supposed to do with this guy at least that's what happens with theon and reek you know it's it's interesting that in the show we're seeing reek right away because in the books I'm pretty sure he disappears for 1,500 pages, and then suddenly you get this chapter called Reek, and it takes you actually a little while to figure out who it is. Mm
1: -hmm. um, is That feels so much more rewarding than the way that they've uh, handled it on the show. Not that I don't think the show is doing an amazing job, adapting it, but uh, that that sounds really interesting.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, without any book spoilers, just based on these two episodes, what is the subplot that you are most interested in seeing come to fruition or continue? Because, I mean, we've got and the Hound, we've got Tyrion and Sansa, who obviously is being whisked away somewhere. We've got Jaime Lannister, now the one-armed swordsman. We've got Tons and tons of different things going on. We've got the new prince from Dorne. We've got Danaree still going on. We've got Jon Snow up north. So of those subplots, Michelle, what are you most excited about?
3: It's hard without spoilers. So I'm really excited to see the trial of Tyrion. Because when we see as the episode finishes, Cersei points him out as and you the know one who's got shit
2: coming his way. <laughs> yeah.
3: So I'm excited to see that. And I'm really excited to see the stuff that's happening at the wall. I think that they said, like, almost a whole episode, I think, is going to be devoted to the battle at the wall. 'Cause we know wildlings are coming and it seems like maybe even the Boltons as as they're talking about it. So there's a lot of stuff going on and I'm really, really excited about seeing that. Plus the wall is, is really a cool scene and I think going back there is, is always a good time.
0: Yeah, definitely. Rob, what about you? I know you have not read the books, so what, I have not. what are you what are you excited
1: about? Oh man, can I I can only pick one?
0: No, pick pick a couple, <laughs> oh, but
1: Okay. You uh, only get one! Just uh, one! I'm excited to know who's gonna be king now. This seems like a real clusterfuck. Um, mm-hmm.
3: He does have um, a little brother.
1: Yep, Tommen Lannister, yeah. Yeah, Lannis- yeah, right.
3: Who we yeah. saw sitting next to Tyrion.
1: We did, and I don't know, I feel like I'm gonna be a little disappointed. I mean, honestly, look, I, I really like Jon Snow, I really like Tyrion, I really like Tywin. <sighs> Man, you know, I, I root for Daenerys, but man, that storyline has just been so remote for like three years now. There's always a lot of cool moments. Obviously, the dragons are involved, but I don't know. I, I'm much more invested with the characters who who are sort of close to the the nucleus of the conflict, and, and she's still way out there. So I'm less invested there. I do feel very bad for Theon. I want to know what happens to him but I'm mostly concerned about this hole that, that Joffrey is leaving. Like, I don't know who to hate anymore in the show. Like, it was so oh, easy. Such a great- There wow. are plenty
3: of people to hate. Yeah. but, yeah, but hate. are they,
1: are any of them gonna be as great as Joffrey because he was just the best at that.
3: I think Ramsey, Ramsey re- Snow is pretty close.
1: Ram- Ramsey isn't as interesting to me yet at least because we saw a little bit of him dealing with bolton so that was interesting we do realize that he kind of wants to prove himself so i guess we'll see where that goes but like last year he was just sort of like this very broad torturer character and that doesn't interest me as much so i'm willing to see where that goes but i don't know what's going to happen that i don't think he can fill the hole that Mm -hmm. joffrey is leaving at least not initially I don't fear for the the narrative. Obviously, I, I trust this show four years in, but I am interested to know how this is all going to work without having that the background of Joffrey. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah.
2: Well, I feel like Joffrey wasn't. I mean, he wasn't that deep of a character, you know. Like whereas this Ramsay, you know, just in this last episode, we see that there's this new dimension with him and uh, Bruce Bolton. Um, right. I hear what you're saying. You know, Joffrey is just that type of character that's really fun to hate, and there's not a lot to him. But still, like those scenes where he's a dick, it's just like, ah, oh, God, I can't wait till he gets killed. So I think Ramsay Snow, while he's in like he's an evil character that's easy to hate, it might not be as fun to hate him. Yeah, but I think he's going to be the the guy to
1: hate. Interesting. I don't think it's so weird because ramsey doesn't have a lot of influence. Not like Joffrey does, sure. and he, he's not he's not embedded or involved with characters that we really care about other than yeah. Theon. That's true. Um, and we we barely like Theon too because he's yeah. a bit of a dick mm-hmm. for a while. But like Sansa and and Tyrion, like even when like when Tywin, Tywin I wouldn't say is a very likable character, but when Tywin sends Joffrey to bed, like. Didn't he just want to high-five everybody? He's like, a respectable
2: there's... character. I mean, yes,
1: it's... yes, you respect him. So, I, I don't know. Again, we're talking about character proximity.
2: I also kind of feel like the Joffrey thing was, like, done. I think it, it ran its course. I mean, I don't know how much longer we could have carried on hating Joffrey. I mean, like, it's... I don't think we could have hated joffrey like that for another two seasons or so. I think it was I think it was time for him to go and it was very, you know, it was it was worth it. It was yeah, I would, it was I would agree
0: with that. I think also there are a lot of interesting interwoven factors that come with joffrey's death. I love the scene. I think it's early last season where Stannis is prophesizing the death of all the other kings. I guess it was actually at the beginning of season 2 because Renly was still alive. And you know he lists uh, you know all of the kings he's listed are dead, with the exception I think of Balin who might not be dead yet. But we haven't seen him in so long and we don't really care. Yeah. Um, I think it was time for Joffrey to die, for sure. John, have you read the books? I, I can't remember. No. Okay. So I have a question for. Did you know that Joffrey was going to die this episode when you were watching it? Like, were you uh, aware of that fact?
2: I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> For months Michelle's been saying, Oh, wait till Joffrey's wedding. Wait till Joffrey's wedding.
0: I see. So you knew
3: something was I? going down. I don't think I have. I think I said no wedding is safe in Westeros, but That's point. <laughs> I
2: well I knew I knew that Joffrey's wedding was a significant moment and we usually don't watch Game of Thrones until the Monday after. So usually I have to tread very lightly on, on Twitter and Facebook the day after. So and, and I had I had seen that Joffrey was trending not necessarily like joffrey death but you know i was i was 90 sure that it was going to happen but i had no idea how it was going to happen or right. by who right so i was i was surprised in that regard
0: but you were anticipating it like I, i'm just curious yeah i was what I wasn't that surprised. scene was like for someone who didn't know it was coming so rob like did you know it was coming were you prepared for no. it yeah, In so fact, Rob, what was it like to watch that scene? Did it just come out of left field for you? Or? Uh,
1: it definitely did. I was expecting something very tense and shocking to happen. I, I thought it was going to happen to uh, Tyrion, because obviously there's a lot of conflict there. Well, as sort of goes on. Yeah, it d- Yeah, you- correct. But you know what happened? I got wind. I don't know who to- where I sort of read this or got this, but I could have sworn that I was told... Or that I read that Joffrey was still alive in the books. So he was one of those characters that I had sort of tucked away. And obviously I'm not worried about him because he's a dick anyway. But I did not expect that to happen. When he got poisoned and clearly something was wrong, he's coughing. I'm like, oh, someone tried to poison him. He's going to recover from this. And then, and then, and then, like, when all the blood vessels are, like, bursting in his face and, like, he can't move and it got, like, really gruesome, I was like, wow, we're really doing this. And,
0: uh, <laughs> it's happening, and, guys! It's <laughs> happening!
1: <laughs> there was a very satisfying, visceral moment where I'm like, yes, die, you, you little shit. You're terrible. You're the worst person I've ever seen on television. And then, after it was done, I was like, A, Tyrion, who I like, is going to get blamed for this, and then... Like I was saying before, B, who am I going to hate now? So I'm left with a feeling of uncertainty, but I do think that the the death was handled in a very fan-pleasing way. Like, they did not pull any punches with that. So it did come out of left field, and I was very shocked. Mm -hmm. I I think even more shocked than the Red Wedding. It was shocking, but the characters felt vulnerable at that point. Mm -hmm. They were trying to make things work with, what's his name, Frey and clearly that wasn't going as well as they wanted to but joffrey has been so insulated from danger that mm-hmm. it, c- it came as a real surprise.
0: Yeah. Michelle I want to ask you if you had the same reaction, you know, me knowing knowing that it was coming and what was going to happen, you know, that that felt like a 25 minute scene. Like, it it went on and on and on. It was just, like, him being worse and worse and worse. And I was sitting there the whole time just like, just kill him already! Mm -hmm. Like, oh my god, how much longer is this gonna go? You know, I did know that they did mirror the books for the most there were a few things added a few things tweaked you know in the books he does die while attempting to get Tyrion I think to ride a pig or one of the other uh, the dog or... yeah something like that so his his last his official last words in the book are like the, the pig the pig you know or something incredibly undignified whereas here it was more just like <laughs> oh god I'm dying and then he <laughs> dies but Michelle did you have the same thought as someone who knew it was coming like were you just like come on
3: I've been been waiting for it. And so the episode was uh, the whole, that whole scene, the whole wedding scene where he's just being the complete asshat that Joffrey is. It it did feel very long. And I was so happy when he started coughing. (laughs) I was like, can he just, can he start coughing? Can he, can he, can Mm -hmm. he just take a big sip now? Is this Mm -hmm. it? Yeah, it was very, very rewarding.
2: At, At one point, I sort of knew it was coming. I just wasn't sure when. And even like watching the other characters, I got the sense that their reactions were sort of mirroring the audience's reaction where it was like, all right, enough of this little dick. Like it's, it's time for him to go.
0: Yeah. All right. We got to move on, guys. But Kristen has instructed me to ask you this, this incredibly good question. So I'm going to ask John and Rob real fast. Who do you guys think did it?
2: My theory going into it and after having watched it was the Tyrells. And I don't know if it was Marjorie or if it was the grandmother. I don't know who exactly, but I think that the Tyrells are responsible.
1: Mm -hmm. Man, I I watched that scene three times and there's a lot going on. It's not even clear that it's the wine that poisoned him. I think it could be the pie. So, I don't know. And I can't remember his name. Who's the jester now? Who used to be the knight? Right, the fool. Who, who, who pull who pulls San yes. yes who who pulls Sansa away. He seems to have uh, an ear to the ground on this. I don't think he would have had the wherewithal to be like, oh, this is clearly gonna fall back on Sansa and he's very purposeful in uh, getting her out of that scene before anyone can figure out what's going on. so, I don't know. I, I think the prince of what's his face? Dorne? Dorn Dorn. I don't think he's involved. I think that's a, too obvious and he's obviously, you know, not in his home home turf, so I think that'd be too bold a move for them. I think it could be someone we don't know yet involved with this jester character. So, I'm going to go with that.
0: Alright, well, Michelle and I are going to keep our lips sealed. Uh, We are going to wrap up our Game of Thrones discussion for this episode. We will revisit this season because there's, of course, always more to talk about. But for now, we are going to take a quick refill break and then we will be back with the draft for Fantasy Summer Box Office. So we will be ready. back. So, the whole gang is now here. Kristen has joined us. Kristen, how's it going? It's going well. And, Kristen, what are you drinking this fine evening?
4: <laughs> Bud Light Lime Raspberry. Oh, out wow. my mommy, Marcus. Out. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They had him in the closest grocery store. Curiosity got the better of me. It's only sort of okay. Only sort of okay.
1: <laughs> Shocking. I think,
0: mm-hmm. is, is it in a glass bottle or a can?
4: Oh, it's in a can. Oh, that's stupid. Oh, Glassy. I think <laughs> if
0: it were in a glass bottle, it would be one of those drinks that you have to open up, turn the bottle upside down inside of a frozen strawberry margarita. <laughs> so you consume the margarita and it turns into the strawberry.
1: Could be good. I don't know. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. All
0: right. Questionable drink theories aside. <laughs> it is time, once again, drum roll!
4: Oh man, it's that time of year. Yes. For Fantasy Summer Box Office. Woohoo! I'm very
0: excited, and we're going to throw this over to Rob, <laughs> who will be master of ceremonies.
1: Ah, uh. Oh, uh, right now? Yeah, right now. All right, let's do it. Right now, let's do it. Okay, Fantasy Summer Box Office is a game of playing box office predictions against one another. This is our third annual Fantasy Summer Box Office. When you
4: play the Fantasy Summer Box Office, you win or you die? You
1: die, you do. (laughs) In 2012, John won with picks like Dark Knight Rises and Men in Black 3. Last year I was victorious with picks like Iron Man three and Fast and Furious six. And I'll be defending my championship this year with God, six of us? Six of us. So this is uh S-A-B. this is the biggest the yeah. biggest spread we've had. So quick it breakdown should be noted,
0: of noted by the way that the sixth person is Is not here. And spirit. he's not here. Yes. yes.
1: Uh, ben cannot join us, but he did leave, uh, I guess, Jeff. Some sort of uh, magical document to guide his picks. Yes, um, I will be
0: Ben in spirit.
1: Yes, you will. Yes. So a quick breakdown of how it works. Each one of us picks a team of four movies from the 2014 summer box office. Three of those picks are considered money-making picks, rounded to the nearest million. We get a point every million that that movie makes in its domestic box office opening weekend. And the fourth pick is the bomb pick. We're doing it a little different this year. We used to do just a difference-based system. If a movie cost $100 million to make, and it made $30 million on that opening weekend, you get $70 million. But because movies get bonkers expensive, that those picks were really fucking with our scores. So we came up with a new method. Basically, it works. We'll be, we'll be using percentages. So in the case of a movie that costs 200 million dollars to make, and it makes 65 million on its opening weekend, 65 is 33 percent of its budget, so you predicted a 66 percent loss, you get 66 points. So for the most part, it will tone down those bomb picks and make the playing field that much more competitive. For all of you interested, Legend has it that the winner of the fantasy summer box office wins the Blu-rays of their picks. <laughs> That's what I hear. <laughs>
3: That's
1: what I hear. It's in the mail, um, Rob. It's in the
3: mail.
1: <laughs> so without further ado, let's find out our drafting order, which has been randomized. So here we go. Do we do another drum roll? Let's do it. All right, OK. Pick number one goes to Michelle. Yay! <laughs> Pick number two goes to myself.
4: Yeah right shenanigans shenanigans.
2: (laughs) Pick
1: number three goes to Ben. This is
4: bullshit.
1: Pick number four goes to Kristen. Fuck this,
4: I quit. This is so exciting.
1: Pick number five goes to John. Oh (laughs) Pick number six goes to Jeff.
3: (laughs) At least it's snakes.
1: It is it is a snaking system, so A sneaky uh, snake. There will be there'll be double picks.
3: Kristen, are you in the middle again? Yes.
0: Always in the middle, Kristen. Always in the middle. So, Rob, a quick point of clarity. Mm-hmm. Are you allowed to make your bomb pick whenever you want when it is one of your turns to pick?
1: That is correct. You can make your bomb pick whenever you want. It should also be mentioned that a single movie can be picked once for a money-making pick it is also still eligible for a bomb pick. So one player can have Transformers as a money-making pick and then later on pick it for a bomb pick or another player could pick it for a bomb pick. So there you go.
0: Final note before we start, all of this will be put on the website so you guys can follow along and play along at home if you want and see how we're all doing and watch Rob lose horribly.
1: Hey, wow. what the fuck? <laughs> uh, fine, I see how it is.
0: That is how it is, Ralph. That, that's how it is. It's on, mm. like the mm-hmm. Kong of
1: donkeys. <laughs> so, I've created another beautiful, vibrant spreadsheet for us all. So many colors. So, uh, so many, many colors. colors. Let's kick things off with Michelle. Michelle, you have a uh, Pick of the Litter here. First oh, pick.
3: I know, this is this is really tough. I'm, I'm very nervous I'm going to end up with a John-like.
1: Yeah, I don't want to put any pressure <laughs> on you. But
2: I had first pick last year, and it cost me the...
3: I know, it cost My me wrong game.
2: decision cost me the competition, so, you know. There needs no to be a
0: name for that. It needs to be, like, the John something. Like, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> he won.
2: Thanks, thanks, Jeff. The
0: John Blunder. <laughs>
3: so. I think I'm going to go with Transformers.
1: Wow. Mm. Okay. Let me jot that in there. Transformers 4. Very important designation there. Okay, then it goes to me. Uh, sorry.
3: Five seconds.
1: Some of us are prepared. I am not prepared at all. I just turned on my computer. I'm going to go with X Men Days of Future Past.
0: Son of a bitch. Good choice.
1: And that goes to Ben.
0: Well, first off, Ben has a quick prepared statement. It reads I am very excited about this. I've been sad not to participate in the last two years. Next year, Jeff, please make sure I know about it ASAP so I can <laughs> do what I must to participate in the draft. As it is, I'm just happy to be in it. So Ben has sent me his document. His pick will be Spider-Man Two.
3: God damn it! Yes, good choice. Oh,
2: <laughs> I didn't. I didn't expect it to last that long.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, right? I I, I almost tough. picked it. Between X Men and that, that's
0: a that's a tough. Yeah. That's a Tough call. Uh,
4: okay, goes to Kristen. I am between a reboot and a brand new franchise. Mm. Guardians mm. of the Galaxy or Godzilla.
1: Hmm.
4: Ooh, uh, that's tough,
1: kid. I don't think Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy is going to light the world on fire, to be honest.
3: I think it could go either way, but I don't think in the first weekend that it's. gonna I think
1: it's going to be a, yeah, a that's Pacific a word of mouth Rim sort of
3: thing,
4: which is ironic because Godzilla is the giant sea monster thing. But um, I mean, just for what I am most motivated to see, the Godzilla trailer looks awesome. That could have a lot to do with the music that they're playing. Everything that might not have it, the music that might not be involved in the movie at all. But uh, Godzilla. Okay. <laughs> Going for the giant monster movie yet again.
1: Yeah, again, it's twice in a row. This one will be better, I think, than Pacific Rim. Okay, and then it goes to John.
2: Let's see. Next on my list of available films, I'm going to have to go with How to Train Your Dragon 2. John, you monster.
1: (laughs) That is going to make a lot of money.
4: That's a good pick.
1: The kids' movies, man. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh, God. Last pick is so rough this time. You get two. All right. Two picks in a row, huh? Don't mm. so spend it all in
4: one place. Yeah, really.
0: God, I really am sad to have this as my first pick. <laughs> but I guess I'm going to go with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot. Mm-hmm. I had that so far down my list. Well,
2: that was my next choice. You know?
0: <laughs> i uh, michael bay produces
1: a lot of terrible looking reboots
2: yeah
0: that doesn't mean anything they somehow make the the quality of
2: it doesn't mean anything
1: yeah i I would i'm thinking that that's a better bomb pick
0: it's well it could i mean either it's not a bad one
2: i don't want to say too much here yeah
1: yeah i know i don't want to give away my strategy here Mm. but uh okay jeff you get uh you get the turtles and uh what else would you like
0: Alright, now I have a tough decision here. What if I go for my bomb pick right now, which I might do. Uh, God, it makes me so sad to pick a bomb this early now that they are so limited in how many points they can give you. But yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and lock in my bomb pick and I'm going to pick Jupiter Ascending.
4: Oh, Oh,
2: that's
1: a really good one.
4: Son of Oh shit! That is a good one. The battleship of
2: 2014.
4: (laughs) I forgot about that one. Yeah,
0: it's it's really that its budget is 150 million dollars. Yeah, yeah. If that movie makes more than it's a really good choice. Like in its best opening weekend scenario, I could see that movie making like 50 or 60 million dollars.
2: It surprises me. It surprises me that studios even give the Wachowskis that amount of money anymore right they're like yeah. they're getting to like in Night Shyamalan type territory
0: I'm yeah. sure yeah. that worldwide that movie
4: will probably do pretty well yeah. All um, right. that's a good point doesn't matter to us yeah, no. but
1: domestic man yep. domestic
4: yep. we're very xenophobic in this game
1: <laughs> okay so now we're gonna <laughs> snake My backwards friend? and it goes to John yes alright
2: I'm gonna go with a Maleficent
1: for a money making yes okay
4: Maleficent. yeah that's a good pick
1: I'm thinking it could
2: be like a Alice in Wonderland type phenomenon. Mm-hmm. People seem pretty big on the fairy tale movies and television shows now.
4: I mean Disney, come on man.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alright. Christian.
4: Well Shit. Oh um. Mm, I mean, I was originally gonna pick Guardians of the Galaxy, but
1: Oh, it's still on the board.
4: I know! Thanks guys. Um uh, I'm just gonna do this alphabetically. Um <laughs> before I have another one in mind, but I'm not sure how much I want to tell you people. (laughs) Uh, It's tough, right? It's that or Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry! Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. For money? Yeah. Because people like the second one, or the the reboot, the, you know, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, well, Guardians of the Galaxy has to prove itself.
2: And sequels always
4: do better. And
0: It's got Gary yeah. Oldman in it.
4: That means absolutely nothing. Well. Yeah. Was in that, guy in off, is, Jeff. that guy oh, doesn't we'll say no to a script anymore. Mm-hmm.
1: I saw him in a watch commercial the other day. Oh, no, it was a phone commercial. I don't know what it was. I okay. bet that phone's so. going
0: to make a lot of money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so now it goes over to Ben. Oh, I have a question. Was Ben's first choice Spider-Man?
0: No, that was his second choice. His first okay. was X-Men. Oh, okay. And uh, I imagine, like me, he was very torn between X-Men and Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult. The Spider-Man movies always make way more money than you think they will.
3: Yeah, they have really good universal appeal. Yeah. Like, my one. parents go see Spider-Man, you know?
4: This new one looks good. I, you yeah. know, I was lukewarm on the first one. So I'm not sure about this pick for
0: Ben. I'm going to obviously do it because it's the next thing he's got on here, but he's going to do Planes, Fire, and Rescue.
4: Oh uh, no! I always get a kids movie on there. Yeah,
0: the kids movies are good, but uh, I, yeah, but, I'm not sure the planes well. franchise did too well. I think yeah. I think
4: if
2: I remember correctly, I think Marcus got burned last year on the first. Yeah, place. yeah, yeah.
1: That sounds shaky to me.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: For the record, it was number six on his
0: list of eighteen, which I think is a little high.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of high. Yeah.
0: It's not on my list. It wasn't. On yeah, my it didn't list make either.
2: of twenty films. Mine, it didn't make it. Yeah, well,
0: yeah. we'll see. He could prove us all wrong.
4: That's true.
1: Well, okay, so now it's my turn. And man, I didn't even look to see what some of these things even are. <laughs> <laughs> what is Tammy? Someone tell me.
4: Oh, what, is, what is that's Earth nothing. to Echo?
1: Um, I should be looking at these. Earth to Echo is things. like a
4: found... F- I think that's the found footage one of the kids. It's basically like off-brand Super 8. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. <laughs> that's exactly what it is off oh, prince
0: is
1: you know I'm kind of amazed that this is still on the board and I think I just need to scoop it up because I think it is going to be decent business and uh, that's Guardians of the Galaxy
0: yeah Rob is going all Marvel all the time
4: <laughs> right
0: yeah no that's a dark horse pick right there that could do really well or it could bomb miserably but it will probably do really well
1: I think they're going to push I think they're going to push it enough and I think that they've harvested enough of an audience who gets caught up in sort of the continuity of it all. And I don't know. I'm hoping there's really good word of mouth and that they just push it really really hard. So we'll see. It's a second pick. I think for a second pick it'll do good second pick numbers.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So that brings it over to Michelle who has two picks on the snake.
3: I'm going to pick my bomb pick. Okay. I'm going to pick Edge of Tomorrow.
1: Oh, that's a great bomb pick.
3: Oh, shit, it is. If
1: you, for those who don't know, that is a very expensive Tom Cruise future movie.
3: And it looks and like it, all the movies that came out last year. It, was like it does. It's it <laughs> yeah.
1: like Oblivion meets Elysium. Because Elysium, yeah. both
2: those movies
1: did so awesome. Yeah. Okay, so Michelle, that's a great her, pick.
3: All in there.
4: Do
0: you
1: know what the budget is, Michelle?
3: I want to say it's, it's high. like 110 at least. Mm-hmm. But that was just an estimate that I saw. I
1: would Im- I would imagine it's more.
3: Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: If you watch the trailer, Jeff, you can they're just <laughs> making it rain. Oh yeah,
0: no, no, no. I've seen the trailer. I actually okay. like the trailer a lot. I think it's
4: a great trailer.
3: Hmm. Um, and what does I got- Edge
4: of tomorrow mean? It's just like word salad.
3: Exactly. Yeah.
4: It means it's eleven fifty nine.
3: The
1: uh the original title, the script was All You Need Is Kill. Yep.
3: Nice. <laughs> I like that better. I yeah, you do. Too. <laughs> oh, so I have another pick. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. Aye ay. I am down to two. Yeah, I think I'm gonna p i am going to I think I'm gonna pick twenty two jump street. Uh,
1: that's a good it's a good one. It's a good mm-hmm. dark
0: horse. First one made surprisingly surprisingly large amount of money on its
3: first weekend.
1: Oh, interesting because I'm thinking the same way and I'm gonna go for A uh, Million Ways to Die
3: mm-hmm. in the West. Yeah, that's a good choice too. That has good potential.
1: Yeah. So that brings it back to Ben.
0: Alrighty, let's see what does Ben have remaining on the list. Well, oddly enough, Ben's next pick on his list would be Edge of Tomorrow for Money Making.
2: <laughs> wow. Oh, he's got a lot
3: to learn. <laughs> Maybe he liked the trailer, too.
0: I think Ben is getting burned by the order, like... Like, these are these are his, like, well, I don't know, maybe, like... Yeah. The he's, just, he's just, well, for all of them, but Spider-Man, I think he's, he's... He's not
1: bobbing and weaving with the with the real time. He might be. You never
0: know. I mean, he what, I spoke to him on the phone about it, and he 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 spent at least two hours on this. I guarantee Christ. you. He, what? He jumped wow. wow. into this hard.
1: Wow. wow. So That's he's got about. something to prove. Yeah. All so, right. you know,
0: might might end up showing us all up.
1: Okay, Ben, Edge of Tomorrow, Money Making, let's kick it over to Kristen for her third pick.
4: My next two on my list that haven't been taken already, I was going for the Boomer Nostalgia Market. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of thinking between Get On Up and Jersey Boys. Mm.
1: I don't know what either of those are.
4: Jersey Boys is one of those jukebox musicals that's on film now. Oh, um, God. Yeah, and Get On Up is about James Brown. Mm. Mm-hmm. I actually think it's kind of cool because step-up movies don't really do well opening weekend. And... <laughs> I like dancing movies, okay? Yeah, get on up.
1: Get on up. As a money-making?
4: Sure. <laughs> I like your tone, Rob. <laughs>
1: hey, man. Sometimes yeah. you can't hide your disdain.
4: Screw you, buddy.
1: <laughs> For, uh...
4: For I'm Brad's burrito all over myself.
3: I'm impressed by all you guys who are picking your... Money-making picks and leaving your bomb picks out there for this Yeah,
1: night. Well, I think sure. the bomb picks are a little tougher to gauge this year. Yeah. Like, they are um, it's true. So uh, I'm trying to just go for straight cash money. And plus, with the new rule...
3: Yeah, it does um, make it a little tougher.
1: And with the new bomb pick rule, I don't think it makes sense to, to blow a, an early pick on a, on a on a bomb pick. Like last yeah. year. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, yeah, you don't really stand
1: to me. sense. But... Uh, you don't stand yeah, you don't stand to make as many points this year with the new system, so a lot of us are leaving it. But let's see what John does with his third pick.
2: Okay. I am gonna take this opportunity to pick my bomb pick. Okay. And I am gonna go with Hercules. That
0: is an excellent Ooh.
2: bomb pick. I
4: actually don't hate the look of it.
2: I think I, it looks do,
1: I do. I think it looks oh, really? terrible. Yeah. I
4: think if you're gonna do Hercules, you need to do balls to the wall.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, the, the point it's is, just, though, that it's a a $110 million movie, and there's
2: just yeah. no way.
4: And, yeah. if, if there's if you you look just at, no way.
2: I don't think Conan did particularly well, and I really don't see any different Like, I, I'm... The
4: Rock. Weird guy from Game What's of it? Thrones versus The Rock. Yeah. I mean, The Rock is a commodity. I mean, yeah. I, I like... Uh, People love The Rock. It's, it's not going to make $110 million. Like, it's a fine pick. saying, point. in my personal opinion, I think it looks not bad. Well...
2: Regardless of the actual quality of it, I don't yeah.
4: think... Yeah, oh, think God, that. no. Quality has nothing to do with this game. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Which is something we learned early on by picking Prometheus first, like an <laughs> asshole. Oh, my God. Um, that so that was John. you that. No, I'm not. I, man, Prometheus opened at 50 million. 50 million!
4: <laughs> Swipe up Spider-Man.
1: <sighs> what was I thinking? At least... At least I won last year. Yeah. Alright, Jeff. Your third and fourth picks. This is uh, going to sew it up for you. So, I bet uh, it.
0: You know, I, I, I gotta be honest. I'm not terribly confident this year. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think you got the best bomb pick.
0: So I got far. the best bomb pick, and it, I yeah. think TM, TMNT might do well, but it's got really, a, a crapshoot. Yeah. Alright, one of these picks is definitely going to be the Expendables 3. I doubt it's going to do absurdly well, but it will probably
2: make. It could get you some, yeah, s- clinch points possibly.
0: No, I, I think so. I, I think the second one did thirty million or something like that. So, um, you see it. yeah. I don't know, man. And then uh, it's real tough for this other one. Honestly, The Expendables three. I would have loved to have been a third pick, not a second pick. But um, I don't have, I don't have a good <laughs> second pick, so it's got it's bumped up. I'm leaning Jersey Boys. Not gonna lie, I'm just looking through the list one more time. I've been thinking about The Giver, too, but The Giver is... It looks like they're going kind of a lower-budget route with
4: it. They're not yeah, gonna like market it. Yeah, like, the built-in it. audience, so far as reacted to it, the trailer with what? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know how much, like, off-the-street people they're gonna get, and the people who would already see it are kind of not into it. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's a uh, shame,
3: because that has so much potential. Yeah,
0: yeah
4: I think I...
0: Oh God, I, I really don't think Jersey Boys is gonna make a lot of money, but it is like a name. But it's cheap, right? And yeah. it's Christopher Walken, and it's you know.
3: I say go for it, Jeff. Uh,
1: <laughs> don't listen to that.
0: Boomer <laughs> nostalgia. Yeah, Jersey Boys, I guess.
4: Not really? Yeah. Once more with feeling.
2: Shut up, Rob. Let Just him pick.
3: Put it on the put it on the spreadsheet, Rob. Just. That's this is the home. judgiest Fantasy Summer Boss office. I've ever had. <laughs> I know, right? We're awesome. Yes, Kitty, I know
0: that was not the best draft for me. I know. All right, Jeff. I mean, Rob, well, you do know that it was like one of the highest fantasy. grossing Broadway shows ever.
1: I, I don't think that Relevant. means shit to anyone at the movies.
0: I don't know, man. There have been some pretty big movie musicals.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that.
4: <laughs> Skepticism reigns supreme.
1: Uh, Okay, so Jeff,
4: wish you were here.
1: We'll we'll lock in your card here at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mm -hmm. Expendables Mm three, and Jersey Boys as your money making picks, and my favorite bomb pick as of yet, Jupiter Ascending, which I think is going to net you a good chunk of points right there. So Jeff is done, and now goes on to John for his last Ah, pick, and it must be a money making pick.
2: Okay. Well, I'm, I'm pleased to say that this is down between two funny women. It's a fight between Melissa McCarthy and Elizabeth Banks. Hmm. So I think I'm going to go with Walk of Shame.
1: Hmm. <laughs> funny night. how the comedies are sneaking into the third hmm. slots. Walk of Shame for John. Okay, I mean, so that. That's kind
4: of summer. People want to just chill out and. Yeah, I mean, I'm.
2: What I'm hoping for is, maybe like a, a bridesmaids type. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little bit less. I mean,
1: maybe it's just tough because <laughs> bridesmaids was the only movie of its kind that summer. Yeah. yeah. And now there's a couple, but that locks up John's card. It goes How to Train Your Dragon two, Malficent. Walk of Shame and Hercules is a very insightful bomb pick. Well done. John
4: back in the dragons.
1: <laughs> Kristen, you have a bomb pick.
4: I mean, I couldn't find any numbers, so I'm just sort of flying blind here. Um, Expendables 3?
1: You're asking me, or are you telling me? I'm sure you?
3: it'll have a good budget, Kristen.
4: Like, they don't make a shitload of money.
1: No, but they don't cost a ton either.
3: Yeah. There's a lot of
4: people in them. They don't cost a lot. Yeah, you'd think the salaries alone would be. Well, yeah. but it's it's people who
0: can't really demand that much these days. It's their
4: only job is, I'm old fart number three on The Expendables. <laughs> but it's also making less money, like the second one made six billion less opening weekend. So I would intuit from that the demand is going down. Mm. It's not, no, because they're coming out so quickly. It's not like, oh, it's these guys together again, and then again. Right, right. And then again.
3: I have an estimate for the budget, Kristen, if that helps you. What is it? 90 million. I'll take it.
1: Okay, Expendables 3, with an assist from Michelle (laughs) for some reason.
3: (laughs) Hey, I don't have a bomb pick left.
1: (laughs) Good points. Okay, so that locks up Kristen's card with Godzilla, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Man, that's actually really strong. Uh, Get on up, which uh, okay, and Expendables three.
3: More oh, nostalgia
1: for her for her bomb pick. I feel like
3: well actually, yeah, that is a very that's nostalgic. That's pretty. Oh no, soft. sorry. Yeah, I think it's pretty good, Kristen.
4: I thought so.
1: And you know, I spelled Expendables wrong. So. <laughs> okay uh so let's there get over know. to ben his bomb pick all
4: right i
0: believe ben's and i'm going to double check this i believe ben's number one bomb pick is still available um wow and that is maleficent he is of the opinion that maleficent is going to bomb and it does have a 130 million dollar budget Ooh, shit <laughs> so
4: where are you getting these numbers
0: wikipedia damn it so it's not it's not a bad not a bad call I would say no, that it's is Ben's, a good call. I think that's a strong pick. I mean, wildest dreams it it's a huge smash and makes maybe seventy, you know, and even then
1: it's still pretty solid. Right. Right. I would
4: just a bomb throughout its lifetime. I think it'll eventually make that money if it's good. But opening weekend,
1: it might be a little soft. It's yeah. tough. Still,
0: we don't have too much to go on. It's sort of a TBD whether this is wicked or some crappy vanity project.
1: No, it's gonna be Snow White and the Huntsman. You think? And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean that's definitely the tone that they're going for,
0: mm.
1: and that actually made a lot of money. Eventually, I don't know how it opened. I can't remember, but
4: Well the Maleficent—it's was... um, a redemption story. Yeah, yeah. and while like, Snow White and the Huntsman was like a darker version, like they weren't trying to redeem the queen or anything.
1: Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Right, I, I understand that, but in terms no, of the look and sort of the tone, mm. I think that's. That's what they were going for. That's actually a very smart pick by Ben. So, well done, Ben. You've locked up your card with Amazing Spider-Man 2, which somehow made it to the third slot. What the fuck? Planes, Fire, and Rescue, and Edge of Tomorrow. Don't know what's going to happen with them, but a very strong bomb pick with Malfacent. So that kicks it over to me, and I need a bomb pick. I'm going to pick Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: Mm, Not a bad one. A little bit of a risk, no budget involved. Yeah, You know what you should have picked now that it's too late?
4: Godzilla. Mm-hmm. $160 thought million. million dollars. Shit. I was thinking you know Transformers what? or TMNT. Mm. You know what else
3: has a really big budget that none of us picked? Mm. X-Men. It's got a $250 million budget.
4: Oh, yeah, none of us thought Fuck. About that.
3: I yeah. thought of it, but I, would, didn't, I didn't know. I wasn't sure.
4: I tomorrow's a good bomb pick, dude.
3: But, yeah, I'm surprised that nobody went with it. I'm not sure how well it'll do, because I know X-Men's going to do well, so with our percentage, I thought it was a little risky, but...
1: All right. So that locks up my card with uh, X-Men, Days of Future Past, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Million Ways to Die in the West. Mm -hmm. And I also doubled down... On Guardians of the Galaxy as my bomb pick as well because I don't think that's going to do regular Marvel numbers. So that locks me up. Let's go to Michelle for the very last pick. She needs one more money making pick.
3: This is tough because some of these, a lot of these movies, I don't even know what they are. Like yeah. what's what's Neighbors? That's uh, Seth,
2: Rogen. Seth Rogen
3: and uh, Seth Rogen. Zach, Zach Efron. Efron. Oh, okay. To <laughs>
4: consider a built-in audience there.
3: Yeah. Um. That's a weird. Yeah, Lucy was that one with...
4: Scarlett Johansson.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll go with Melissa McCarthy, and I'll pick Tammy.
1: (laughs) All right. Her movies
3: usually do well.
1: That locks up Michelle's card with Transformers 4, Age of Extinction, the 21 Jump Street sequel, 22 Jump Street, Tammy, and a wonderful bomb pick, Edge of Tomorrow. And that concludes 2014's Fantasy Summer Box Office Draft.
3: I'm so excited! Woohoo! <clears throat>
1: so, whose card are we most jealous of? I'm Real jealous point.
3: of Kristen's. I think she's got a really good
1: Yeah, Kristen's actually... Card. Lo- cri-
3: it's really solid.
1: I think Kristen's looks good every year, though. For some <laughs> reason, it always looks good on paper. And then, somewhere in the middle, Excuse something happens. Excuse you.
4: <laughs> I came in second the first year.
1: I I've came never, in first last year.
4: I've never lost.
1: I've never lost. Whatever. I've never came come in last. Yeah. <laughs> no, Kristen's know. Kristen's continues to look good. Did that I come said. in
2: second last year? Yeah. Yeah, because I fucking picked Man of Steel. God
4: I'm out no, of Rob, a hard you're time. No Rob, yours is good, too. There's a lot
0: of parody here, you know?
1: <laughs> what do you mean?
0: Like I think I think there are a lot of people who have a good shot.
1: Oh. Well, parody with yeah. an R not yes. with a D. Right. Oh, I see. Parity. Uh,
0: <laughs> I like Rob's card. I like Ben's card. I, uh, I am... John picked really well. Uh, Kristen, you've got things that... like Your second pick, I think, Kristen, is among the strongest, and that could really yeah. push you over. The Expendables 3 is a great sort of dark horse bomb pick. Michelle, you've got Transformers, which always makes like $600,000 yeah. million. I think this is a good year. Yeah. It's a really good year. No clear frontrunner.
1: Europe, yeah,
4: a white knuckle it right to the end that and first think,
1: year that John picked Batman in the like, first well, thing, It was like oh it's over yeah. second,
4: <laughs> which I won Ugh. the thing with our bomb picks is that you know there were some giant budgets that we kind of ignored but it always feels kind of shitty to be rooting against a movie Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. but
4: with the exception of Guardians of the Galaxy I kind of don't feel bad about any of these bomb picks <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't have a problem rooting against Expendables 3 Maleficent sure, but like Jupiter is sending an Edge of Tomorrow. It's like (laughs) whatever. Yeah,
1: but it's not like it's not like we can't enjoy the movie. And like a lot of these things are already set in stone somewhere. It's not like we're changing the course of their fate just because we choose them. And they're acceptable losses a lot of times in that opening domestic box office, and they Mm -hmm. end up making lots of money on merchandising and DVDs. Well, opening
4: weekend is extremely important for studios it is Uh, because of the split uh it's really interesting i I think it's fascinating that like the way they split it with the theaters is opening weekend the studios make 90 percent of the profits the theaters make 10 and then the next weekend it's 80 20 and so on and i think it's like an interesting system but the domestic part is the part that the studios kind of don't care about because worldwide Mm -hmm. a lot of these are going to make bank
0: yeah, I think yep. you, that's a really good point, Kristen. I wonder if uh, next year we should have a, a worldwide pick or something like that, Some something mm. to mix it up. But this was great. Thank you very much, Rob. As I said earlier, we will put all this up on the website for people to follow along with and refer to. And if anything, it has taught us that it is actually probably pretty difficult to be a movie executive. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, we are going to take another refill break, and then we will be back with the original panel for our Geek of the Week segment. It'll well, be me. the same way we wrap up every episode, and that is with our Geek of the Week segment where we talk about things we've been watching, reading, doing, or playing over the past several weeks that, of course, doesn't include Game of Thrones. So let's go ahead and start with Michelle on that. Michelle, what have you been up to lately?
3: So it doesn't include Game of Thrones because I just finished the fifth book. So uh, <laughs> Which, no, but I can talk about something else. It was pretty good, by the way. But Once Upon a Time in Wonderland just wrapped. So it was a spin off obviously taking place in Wonderland, but also in Agrabah, having a little background in Aladdin and Jafar were involved. So it was the series and season finale. It only lasted one season. But I actually really liked it. I really enjoyed it. It was one of those things that... Jen and I have had this discussion recently about how we don't think series can end well. There are so many series finales that I can't stand. And for just a short run, just one season, I thought that the series finale for Once Upon a Time in Wonderland was really rewarding. And it's really quick. I think it's only 13 episodes. So if you like Alice in Wonderland, if you like Aladdin, I recommend checking it out.
0: Yeah, that is an unusual crossover.
3: Yeah, it's it it works, though. It really does work. So... Good.
0: Are there uh, any characters aside from the Queen of Hearts who are from the original Once Upon a Time?
3: Um, no. And I'm surprised because the Mad Hatter is in Once Upon a Time, but he doesn't really play a big role in this either. So it's kind of more of its own universe, although they do go to Storybrooke in one episode. Gotcha.
0: Cool. Well, thank you for endorsing it, and people will be sure to check that out. So let's move on to John. John, what have you been up to lately?
3: Well, with the
2: recent release of Captain America, The Winter Soldier, I made it to my local comic book shop and uh, picked up Trade Paperback of The Death of Captain America by Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting, which Ed Brubaker is a rather uh, legendary writer on Captain America. You know, I kind of wanted to check that out and see what that was all about, and this book actually features a lot of the characters that were featured in the movie the falcon black widow winter soldier of course but in this story the winter soldier he's been brought over from the dark side and he's working alongside the good guys and i'm not too far into it only like an issue or so worth through the trade paperback but it's pretty good so far Nice. Do you feel like the film
0: has uh, influenced the comics in any way, or do you think the source material is continuing kind of as it would have, pretending that that the movie didn't exist? Because I feel like comic book movies always have that weird relationship with their source material.
2: It's definitely planned in tandem, where if Marvel Comics knows that Electro, for example, is going to be in a movie, then they're going to time that so that there's a nice Spider-Man versus Electro arc right when the movie comes out. That's exactly what they're doing. But I mean, most of the time it's retroactive. The movies are retroactive where they're going to go back and they're going to look at a very successful storyline and put that into a movie. But then they're going to plan a storyline to make sure that, you know, like, so for example, using Winter Soldier, they're going to go back and make sure that the Winter Soldier is prominently featured in the comics as the movie is coming out. So it's sort of like, they sort of play off of each other
4: hmm
0: cool yeah would you would you endorse this arc you think so far
2: yeah yeah i mean i, I think anything ed brubaker is going to be good stuff all right excellent. so yes nice
0: so let's move on to rob rob what have you been up to lately
1: it's kind of weird i'm not a green lantern fan never read any of the books but the animated series is now on netflix and i thought what the hell and I gave it a shot. Bruce Timm is the executive producer, I believe, who worked on a Batman animated series from our youth in the 90s. And this Green Lantern one is is very different, but it's also very good. And it has that real mix of, you feel like little kids could watch this, but there, there are other, not, I wouldn't say dark themes, but there are mature themes in the undercurrent of it. And it also does a really good job of selling the Green Lantern mythology which if you've seen the Green Lantern movie
2: <laughs> doesn't that <didn't>, do that. <laughs> that
1: didn't do that so well so this movie sort of excels at making what could be I think a very big property very digestible and very exciting and very clear there's so much clarity to what they're getting at and I don't sacrifice character or spectacle along the way and it's just a great I mean it owes a ton to Star Wars and Tron and even lord of the rings there's like a lot of fantasy elements there's a lot of space opera elements to it almost the whole show up into i mean i'm not done with the first season but it all it all takes place in deep space and not in our solar system but it's really good the acting the voice acting is great the animation is computer animation
2: but it's also in the the trademark bruce tim dc animation. yeah it- It's like
1: if the Batman sort of style got a little, like, more 3D, popped out a little bit more, and now it's like, oh, smooth light sources and all that stuff. It's really good and surprisingly mature, and uh, the continuity is great. And sort of like Batman, they don't start with an origin. Hal Jordan is already Green Lantern, and they sort of just plop you into the middle of his career, which is good, and from the little I do know about Green Lantern it's very intriguing and very cool and I don't know if it will inspire me to pick up a comic book but I am interested in watching more of this show so Green Lantern the animated series I give it the the old thumbs up I got about three episodes left and I'm excited to watch it
0: awesome it is always great to find more things that are worth watching on Netflix So let's see, what have I been up to? I've actually got quite a bit of stuff, given that I've been gone for so long. I'm going to focus just on two things. One is, the first weekend I was out, I was down in New York visiting Ben and Steve. And Ben, finally, after years and years and years of trying to get me to play Warhammer with him, succeeded in getting me to play Warhammer with him. And I was pretty impressed with that game. I will never, ever, ever, ever get into it. (laughs) Never. It's just it's way too much time and effort.
2: It's he, for nerds. No,
0: no, I won't say hmm. that. Obviously. <laughs> um, I just, I, I just, I don't have room for that game in my life. I just don't. He he took the rule book out and it was a tome. Like a literal tome, not like a fake bullshit, this is designed to look like a tome and you open it and it's like five pages of instructions. No, it was like 960 pages of legitimate instructions. Whoa. Basically, you fight a war with little miniature guys, and each little miniature guy has their own stats And there are ten different categories of statistics that affect things like movement, ability to shoot with a bow and arrow, ability to charge, ability to defend, ability to resist damage, whether it be magical or other types of, you know, piercing, and it's it's just insane. And you can either have individual units, you can have units that are groups of guys, and people will build out these incredibly epic battles with their little miniatures, and play them out in real time over a period of, like, 12 hours. And I think it's it's just great. I think it's fantastic, but I will never, ever, ever get into it. I just can't. So that, But that was really fun. I'm really glad that Ben was able to introduce me to it and that we were able to play through a game. He ended up winning, which was a bummer. I made some mistakes, some newbie mistakes, for sure. But, basically, I destroyed most of his specialized portions of his army, but he had this giant unit of heavy cavalry that just swept through everything eventually. Which made me sad. Made me very sad. I had some amazing archers. They were great. They shot so many things. But, anywho, the other big thing I wanted to talk about was PAX East, which I went to this past weekend and enjoyed immensely. I was only able to go for Saturday because the badges sell out so quickly, But there was a massive expo hall. I was able to get into the Make a Strip panel where Gabe and Tycho create a strip in front of you while answering incredibly hilarious questions and I was able to do some console free play which was really nice just sit around play video games in a large setting with a lot of people we sat and watched people play a Microsoft connect dance game I think it was like dance studio three or some some very generic sounding game but that was really interesting we just sat down and watched people they they had it set up in like a hallway at the convention center and people just got in line and would like play one at a time and there were people who were terrible terrible at it followed by like every now and then some guy or girl who clearly was very practiced and would get up there and perform the most amazing ridiculous dance you have ever seen in your life and get like six million points and everybody would applaud and then it would go back to like someone who clearly never played before getting up there just having fun and people clap for those people too so that was really great and that like sums up the atmosphere of PAX to me it's All sorts of people from all walks of life getting together and celebrating something that they love, and just being like, you know what, let's all just have fun.
2: It's basically Comic-Con, too.
0: Yeah. It was great. So, that about does it for my Geek of the Week, and at this point, I want to give people an opportunity to uh, make any shout-outs and to let people know where you can be found online. Let's start with Michelle. Michelle, any shout-outs,
3: and where can people find you? No shout-outs, but you can find me on Twitter at TracingRays. John, what about you?
2: On Twitter at DrawTheStory. Let's move on to Rob.
1: You can find me on Twitter at Heroes Are Boring.
0: I want to do a shout-out to you guys for doing such an incredible job this past two weeks, particularly Rob with the hosting. Um, another shout-out to Brian for leaving an awesome comment on your Captain America episode. And did yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, you did. You should check it oh, out. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like 16 paragraphs. You did? Um, oh, makes, fuck. Okay,
1: like, well, like I'll have to... Five. But it's it's I'll have to uh, track that down. Yeah. All right. I'm coming, Brian. I'm coming
4: (laughs) for you.
0: And, you know, we encourage people who are listening to leave comments. We love to hear from you, and we will respond. Even if Rob doesn't check the comments frequently. God, Rob. You can follow me on Twitter at TisbyJeff. That's T-I-S-B Jeff. You can find this podcast online at TisbyCast.com, as well as links to our Tumblr, our Facebook, our Twitter, all that jazz. And as always, I have absolutely no idea how to end this episode. <sighs> I think we should leave it at leave it at Rob's yeah. side. Sigh. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> <sighs>
1: no, I was I was gonna do my more, more uh, fantasy box office trash talk.
0: Speak of the devil, and Rob will appear. Yeah. I mean no, I didn't say that. Yes, you did.
4: So, are you recording?
3: <laughs> you got it recorded.
4: No. Okay. <laughs> this is why I want you to record I just take all the incriminating things you say I have a file on every single one of us oh. Mine is enormous <laughs>
3: That's what he
4: said
0: <laughs> Hiyo, high five Michelle
1: I'd like to vote to kick John off What? <laughs> I want to stick to the schedule Why do, would we schedule if we're not going to stick to the schedule? Yet? <laughs> wow Rob
4: Alright so this is part
1: of <laughs> Man Oh, wait. No, sorry. Okay, can cut all this.
4: No kidding. <laughs> this is serious business. Good old defenestration. <laughs>